0: Welcome to Home, Space & Reason, a podcast about creating a home that thrives. Hi there, I'm Christina Browning, your host. If you know your home could be so much more than it is, I discuss home functionality, aesthetics, and automation. I'm a realtor in Portland, Oregon, and a home functionality coach. I geek out on every subject imaginable regarding your home and yard, challenging you to think of your space differently to get the most out of every square foot. I post questions for you to think through about your space and your reason. This podcast is all positive, offering you virtual fist bumps and celebrating every win. Remember, there's no such thing as perfect, but you can still aim for your best. Follow along on social media under the handle Space and Reason. In this episode, let's discuss home functionality and aesthetics. Remember when I asked you if you are using your square footage to its highest potential? I explained that the answers don't just emerge overnight, that it takes time, some soul searching, and a few rounds of trial and error. Well, I have a friend who lives in Bend, Oregon, who has another friend whom I don't know. She is a Home Space and Reason listener. She was so frustrated with her small house and her daughter Grace loves crafts. It was a battle every day after school. Grace would get all her craft stuff out and set it at the table. She then had to have her clean it all up every day for dinner so they could eat. Everyone was frustrated. So she went to Pottery Barn and bought a craft table for a corner that never gets used. And it's been a great game changer for their family. Being able to think through your spaces in different ways can be such a gift to yourself. High five to Melissa and Bend. What a great win. Now let's talk about your home. How are you self-expressing within the walls of your home? If I were to come over and nobody was home and I walked into your front door, what? would I think? Where would my eyes go first and is that what you intended? Who would I say lives there? What would I think that your priorities are? Isn't it interesting to think about your space in terms of a kind stranger that you don't know coming in and assessing things? Not in a judgy, judgy, I'm going to grade you on your home sort of way, but in a I'm going to summarize what this home is all about kind of way. What their values are. Are your values reflected in your home? Have you ever walked into someone's home or business or restaurant and thought, this is the essence of this person. You have a vivid understanding of who lives there and you enjoy it. You like to be around that authentic expression. I would like for you to challenge yourself to make your home the most authentic and fearless expression of you and your family. One of the spaces that is naturally a space for self-expression is shelving. Yet, as a realtor, I often see them piled high with chaos. Shelving should be more than a space to shove stuff. It can and should be both functional and beautiful. Let's do a deep dive into the set of shelves in your house that give you the most grief. By this, I mean they either aren't serving any purpose but to hold stuff you never use and collect dust, or they just look terrible. I enjoy walking into a home and seeing shelves filled thoughtfully with books, art, and collections. Truly, they need to be thoughtfully curated and arranged to be successful. The things on them also need some breathing room. This is a good place to display some of the sentimental items that I referred to in episode eight and eight B in our special video edition. It's also ideal for the storage of things placed inside beautiful or vintage storage boxes. Wait, what is this you say? Scattered among the books, the photos, and the seashell you hauled back from your Sanibel Island, Florida vacation can be a lovely, smallish box. It was put there because it's beautiful, but it serves a purpose you need a solution for your tax receipts. This can be a successful method if you scan them with an app before putting them into the box, and at the end of the year, the originals for the entire year go in an envelope filed away in case of an audit. If instead these were, say, in a drawer, they can quickly get unruly and out of control, mixed with other years and generally becoming a nightmare. Bad things happen when you shove stuff places. Opening a drawer and shoving something inside is a recipe for future frustration. First, identify what your biggest hang-up is of small bits. What is accumulating all over the house that needs to be controlled? What doesn't have a home? Maybe this is your child's artwork bin Perhaps when it comes home, it goes into the pretty box until dad has time to scan it into the Archive app. Maybe your issue is business cards coming into your house from your networking events. Where to put them until you can get them entered into your digital system? How about a tiny, beautiful wooden box just for this? Do you have a place in the house to hold valuables like your social security cards, a little cash, or birth certificates? If your answer is no, you should probably consider getting yourself a fire and waterproof safe. No matter if you live in California where you often suffer from the threat of wildfires or the southeastern coast where hurricanes are part of life each year, it's always better to be safe rather than sorry. You can get small safes for your bookshelves and then, because they're typically not attractive, there is a person on Etsy making the cleverest covers ever. They look like books sitting on a bookshelf, but they're hollowed out to surround and hide electronics or routers or cable boxes or safes. With 648 reviews and a ranking of 5 stars, this handmade solution is a win by a business called Kovobox. Make sure you pick the right one with a top or not. I think the ones with tops are called version 2.0. It will depend on how tightly fitting it is, top to bottom. If you can easily see the top, you'll want those books to look like they're real. If you want to conceal valuables on your bookshelf in plain sight you can do that with a book box. There is a privately owned company called Secret Storage Books, located on Vancouver Island off the west coast of Canada. All secret storage books are crafted by hand by one of six employees at Diane's home studio. They ship free to the US, and I love that it supports a person and her passions versus a large company in their bottom line. They have perfected the process over 15 years of craftsmanship to create a book box that is sturdy and lasts indefinitely. I will include a link in the podcast notes to secretstoragebooks.com in case you don't remember it. Do you need an extra space for work, like a little desktop? Here's something to think about when considering your shelving and how to maximize the space and make it truly work for you. Install a deeper surface in your shelving at desk height to build in a workspace that a laptop can easily live at. Maybe it even slides in and out. Pull up a chair and you've got yourself an instant workspace. Now, this won't work in everyone's scenario, but it's worth the mention because in some spaces, it's an ideal convertible scenario. And you know how I feel about dual purpose. Now, let's get down to brass tacks. I'm going to post some questions and thoughts for you to think on, and then I will go through step-by-step how to stage your bookshelf. You can literally play this podcast as you physically redo your bookshelf. It's like you had me over for tea and we're doing your shelf puzzle together. Ready? Here we go. Take a before photo right now. Just do it. Trust me. You will need it for yourself and it feels so good to see your progress. No, you won't remember what it looks like even though you think you will. Stand in a spot where you'd want to take your after photo. Leave the mess. Nobody cares. It's the before picture. Determine whether you like the aesthetic of your shelving as it is, or would you like to add some color to the back of the shelves if they're enclosed? Now is the ideal time to add removable wallpaper or paint. Be careful about choosing a pattern of wallpaper that is too busy. Remember, this will simply be the backdrop for displaying the things on the shelf. So opt for a solid color or at least a tiny printed pattern with only a few colors. Think on this. Get your removable wallpaper chosen, purchased, and put up before you complete the next steps. I'm happy to report, yay, that removable wallpaper is way less scary than traditional wallpaper because you can adjust it. YouTube how to put it up. It's way, way easy. Have a look at someone else demonstrating before you do it. I promise it's not hard. I've done it myself. Although you can buy removable wallpaper almost everywhere now, yes, even Target has it. I would recommend checking out Spoonflower.com, Spoonflower.com. Their peel and stick wallpaper is a woven textured polyester fabric with an adhesive backing. It's removable and repositionable, making great for covering the back of bookshelves. Now, let's get to the actual business of aesthetics and functionality. Next, take everything off the shelves Dust them, get out your magic eraser, get after any scuffs or smudges, and then grab all your coffee cups out of the kitchen. What? Just do it. Trust me. Take them back to your bookshelf. We are going to build your bookshelves with these cups used as spacers. When you're done, you'll pull the cups out and return them to their rightful place in the kitchen. Now, let's curate. If you have white or light shelves, then use darker elements to contrast. Similarly, with dark shelves, you'll want to add lighter elements. Think in terms of textures. Adding something with a good amount of texture to your shelving will help with aesthetics. This could be a chunky basket or picture frame. P.S. Chunky doesn't have to mean the whole thing is huge but that the individual weave might be especially large or interesting. I've seen a lovely rose gold metal basket that adds a shine sitting next to something that's not shiny, let's say, leather. The contrast equals a big visual plus to the texture category. Bonus points here for items made out of natural things like grasses, wood, and leather. Try curating these items from within your home. A ball of twine actually can work well, believe it or not. Ideally, these are things you already own, but can look for with different eyes. I'm looking for texture, texture, texture. Go in the attic, open boxes you haven't opened in years. Maybe the basement, maybe that closet. There's a box in the back of that closet. I don't even know what's in it. Now is the time to go find out. Make yourself a deal. When you open a box and there's not much in it, maybe just just empty it. Tackling small cleaning projects that are manageable along the way can make you feel like a million bucks. Bonus points for incorporating handmade, vintage, or sentimental items into this curation process. Greenery and houseplants are all the rage these days, but they have always, in a timeless way, made spaces inviting. Incorporating greenery into your shelving area is a natural fit, especially since there are some very authentic and real-looking fake plants to be had these days. So consider this option if your shelves are not decently lit with natural light. When curating things for your shelf, think of scale. What textures do you own that are small? Do you have a keepsake box? What can you frame? Standing frames look lovely next to a stack of books. I'm going to get insistent here on this one topic because adding greenery really makes the whole thing so much prettier, even if it's not real. Take some time to find something that isn't real but looks 100% legit. When put together with a keepsake box and a frame, it can be a lovely cluster. When planning how to fill the shelves, you'll be stacking books both vertically and horizontally. Of course you don't have to, but this gives some visual interest and if you've struggled with the staging of your shelving in the past, Let's just do this little experiment together. You can always change it or tweak it later if you don't love it. Think in terms of simplicity and clean spaces. Do not think in terms of filling this top to bottom and left to right. Although, when using the mugs as spacers, it will be filled left to right until you remove them. Where is your shelf located? If it's in a busy corridor or next to your door, could you make a space that holds something you need to access every day? If it's sitting next to your front door, could you have a space for a purse or wallet or keys? If it's in your dining room, could you leave an entire shelf empty to hold a water pitcher or crackers and cheese for dinner parties? When it's not in use, you could just put a simple wood tray there to hold the space. Always think in terms of multiple purposes to maximize usage. Do you have a bookshelf in the living room? And might it work to have a small square basket there to hold the TV remote controls when they're not in use? These puzzles are fun to chew on. How does my function. What do I need more space for and what haven't we used in years. There are file boxes available these days in wonderfully attractive colors and patterns that once opened reveal hanging file folders. By three, for example, always use odd numbers, and scatter them throughout your shelving, making each file box a different topic. Maybe one is just keepsake cards and letters. I have a box from my mother who passed away, and it's nice to have them all in one place to refer to when I'm feeling especially nostalgic. My point here is the box can be beautiful and blend into the design as you're reimagining your bookshelf. A few places that come to mind in case you have no idea where to get a nice looking file box from is the Container Store. They also have online options and Poppin is another P-O-P-P-I-N dot I've purchased from them in the past and have always been impressed with their quality Is your shelving built in and it's next to a fireplace? Even if it's gas, you can stack one section full of wood for a warm and cozy feeling. I love birch wood, so I have one section stacked with that. Generally speaking, as a rule, keep larger items toward the bottom to help your shelving feel weighted and grounded. Our eyes tend to like groupings of odd numbers. So if you're doing a cluster instead of one standalone thing, create clusters that contain three or five objects when you're filling your shelves. I'll have lots of visual examples on our group Facebook page for you to refer to. Let's keep in mind the big picture here. The end goal is to make your bookshelves as functional as possible, meaning they don't just hold stuff. They provide more function in some way. They are beautiful. They are one piece of a larger puzzle, keeping your home neat, tidy, and pleasing. Curate a piece for your bookshelf of something that reflects the things you used to love or that you used to have more time for. A bowling pin, for example. It's a way to remind you of the fun you had and perhaps a subtle way to remind you to do it again or more often. If you're looking at your empty bookshelf right now, I want you to take the items you intend to put there and lay them out on the floor in categories. All the books together, all the picture frames together, all the plants, all the keepsakes, etc. The largest item, whatever that is, take it and put it at or near the bottom, somewhere on the shelf. This might be one of your file boxes. Your goal is to bottom load them using the lowest shelving, but try not to include two of these larger items on any one shelf. Also, don't place one directly above the other. They need to be staggered, especially if they're a brighter color and draw the eye. Next, assess what you have the most of. Is it books? Is it framed photos? Start on the top shelf on the left. Place a coffee mug there as a spacer. Next, place three or more books standing vertically, just like a library, right up next to that mug. Next to them, find something to anchor them, heavier. This could be a bookend, a small globe, or a plant. You get the gist. The thing should be the same size or smaller than the books. Next, you'll put one mug as a spacer next to those, unless your shelving is really wide and then maybe you should add two mugs. And then pick from your pile and add something you've not yet added, a standing photo, a stack of horizontal books, a small sculpture or a candle that you don't want to burn. Up tight next to it, you'll add a mug or two Whatever count you just added to the left, make it a different count to the right so that the spaces are different. Use symmetry sparingly. Matchy-matchy is not a thing anymore. It was fantastic in the 80s when you could buy a bed and a bag, but not so much now. Let's move down to the next shelf. If you started with a mug on the top, Start with the items up against the wall here, making it different. I want you to do the opposite that you did on the shelf above. If you didn't place any books horizontally on the top shelf yet, plan on it here on the second shelf. Do you have something small that could sit on top of the stack of horizontal books? Maybe you only need two books sitting there with something on it. If the shelf is small and the books are large, you may only need a few Next add in a mug for a spacer. Try a filled bowl of something next. A small squatty vase might sit atop your small keepsakes box. Hopefully you're feeling the rhythm here. Keep going. Once you finish your second shelf, pull out your mugs and repeat it all the way down to the floor. You're trying to not make the shelf look like the one above it or below it. Sometimes frames can look nice overlapping by a few inches and leaning up against the back wall. Think of this, put a medium potted plant next to a small potted plant and that would equal one cluster before adding another mug as a spacer. Let your eyes travel across one shelf. Make sure everything on this shelf has varying height. Swap things around if necessary. When I do this process myself, I do a lot of staring. (laughs) Look at the negative space that doesn't have anything in it and make sure there aren't any giant holes, yet at the same time you're leaving enough room for things to breathe. That's why the mugs are there, for horizontal spacers. And when you pull the mugs out, you should be able to more clearly see your breathing room. I like to pick one item to lean. The end book might lean against the edge of the wall differently from all the others. Again, you're trying not to be matchy-matchy. If you have some books that are downright ugly or really grab your eye in a bad way, well, hello, I'm the only bright yellow thing on this entire wall. Please stare at me. Flip the book the other way so all you see is the pages. It's still filler, but the screaming is far less prominent. I am capable of slowly making a glorious bookshelf for myself. I'm not in a rush. Real solutions that work for my family will take me some time, and that journey is exciting and enjoyable. If you have listened to my previous podcasts, you know we practice positive self talk and we gift ourselves with the words that we need to hear. When you wake up tomorrow morning, have your coffee in front of your bookshelves, even if it's only a couple minutes stare at them. How could they be better? Listen to this podcast again in a more passive way if you need to. Questions to ask yourself about your home space and your reason. Number one, If someone walked into your home with you there and looked at your shelves, would they be able to tell anything about you and your family? If your bookshelves should tell something about your family's story and who you are, what is it? Is there a photograph there from your favorite trip? A memento from a special experience? If there's not, do you have these things shoved in a box somewhere that could use a new lease on life featured here? Question two, am I incorporating sentimental things here in a beautiful way that honors them without the shelving looking cluttered? Question three, do I have enough breathing room in between clusters? If it feels too full, you might need more space, more space in between the items. Take a few minutes if you're feeling overwhelmed by this project to get quiet and just listen to your inner voice. How do you eat an elephant, Christina? Do you remember the answer to that? One bite at a time, or in this case, one shelf at a time. Then once you've Stared at, fixed, readdressed, pondered, moved, tweaked, asked someone else's opinion, swapped some things. Take your after photo and reference your before photo so that you know where to stand in approximately the same spot and the same distance away. How much progress did you make? Any progress is worth celebrating. Listen, I've fussed with my built-in shelving for years. This is an ongoing, sometimes as the seasons change type of thing. But if you've done this exercise with me, you've learned some tricks on how to go about it in your brain when you're adding evergreen boughs, for example, for the holidays or doing spring cleaning. Though Apple won't confirm it, Prevailing podcast wisdom holds that the best way to bump a podcast up the charts is to get listeners to rate and review the show. What a pain for me. I absolutely dislike asking for reviews. What pains me is to see so many heartfelt emails and messages on social media about the revelation you've had because of this podcast, but it's not out there for anyone to see except us. Take your words and let them be seen and heard. If you enjoyed this show, kindly take a minute to give me a quick review. I sure wish ratings didn't matter, but they count towards charting and discovery for other listeners. Yes, I absolutely look at the reviews of other products before I buy and other podcasts before I decide to spend my valuable time on giving a new one a try, so I absolutely get it from a listener's point of view. Who do you know that might need to buy or sell their home in the Portland, Oregon area? If you happen to know someone who will need a realtor soon in this geography, hey, send them my way. You can easily connect through social media or my website, spaceandreason.com. Check the notes of this podcast for links about all the companies that I mentioned, I also really want to hear about your wins and see your before and after shelving photos. Pretty please, that's the most fun part. Thanks for sitting in on this conversation about creating a home that thrives. Who do you know that struggles with their bookshelves? Share this podcast with them and I'll meet you back here for the next episode.